ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Art with Chris Things. Do the hammer lock. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Episode 16 of Wrestling Art with Chris Things. I am Chris Things, your host this week and every week. Uh, we're back. It's the, the match of the week edition of the show once again. Uh, this week we only have one to talk about. Um, you know, if you, if you dig the double thing, uh, I think they'll be coming up more often. But just the one this time, we've got uh, Yuji Nagata versus Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, uh, two of my all-time favorite professional wrestlers uh, in a bout from All Elite Wrestling. Uh, this one takes place uh, a little over a week ago, uh, the 27th of January uh, in Bossier City, Louisiana. Maybe maybe did that wrong. I'm uh, I'm not all that up with my my Cajun pronunciations, but uh, man, tremendous match. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to chatting all about that uh, with the returning uh, semi frequent special guest of the show, cousin Ben, uh, to talk about that one. Uh, we we both share a lot of love for Yuji Nagata, Mr. IWGP, uh, so I thought Ben would be a good one to, to have one to talk about that. But uh, outside of that, uh, a little bit of what I've had going on. I mentioned last time um, about, you know, getting getting back to, to, you know, updating the old portfolio, uh, which is an important thing for an illustrator um and in doing that um a funny part of it that i got up to was you know i'm obviously putting you know some of the different works and and illustrations and different projects that i'm I'm quite proud of uh, over the years but you know a funny part that i got up to was the part where i have to you know write about um you know my art my style, my accomplishments, um, you know, basically having to kind of um, have to like fluff myself up a bit, you know what I mean? And it's it's quite it got me thinking because in general I um, I've never been a dude to to want to um, hype up my art too much myself, you know. I always think that I thought, hey, that's a bit gross. I don't, I don't want to be seen as like this uh, egotistical kind of dude that's you know, telling everyone, "Hey, hey, hey, come, come, look at my art, please, please tell me good things about my art." You know, How, this is good, right? I'm good. <laughs> you know, I've, I've always had this this dumb mentality where I'm like, "Oh, you know, don't don't put yourself over too much. Don't put yourself over too much." And and where does that come from? You know. What is that? Is it society telling us that we're we're not meant to I guess boasting's bad, right? But you know, I think there's a way to do it where you need to be able to confidently 
talk about your art. You know, for any, any creative out there, really, you need to be able to talk about it and say, hey, you know, I am actually really proud of this. Um, you know, I feel good about this work that I'm doing. I, I feel like I'm, I'm really making progress um, and, and I feel like that art is is capable of, of honestly like bringing a lot of value you know be that being that to you know people who are commissioning me to do something people that are buying an artwork or you know businesses if I was you know doing illustration work for them editorial stuff whatnot um so yeah I, I don't know I thought it'd be this fun a weird thing to kind of talk about to be like maybe we shouldn't be afraid to tell people, you know, I, what what I do I think is awesome. And as you can probably tell, <laughs> I'm still a bit um, weird about that. You know, it's, it's still, still a work in progress, I guess. Um, but, I mean, hey, that, that's part of this, the idea of doing this podcast as well, to be honest. It's getting to, to use this as a bit of a... A personal journal that I share with the world, <laughs> um, but yeah, and and sort of getting getting better at being able to to talk about my art in a in a in authentic kind of manner. So you know, I'm working on it. Um, you know, another thing, it it sort of does make me quite happy when I look back on on previous projects you know and that, that's been part of doing this portfolio as well you're looking back on on a lot of stuff and i think we can get caught in the mentality of like okay you're only as good as the last thing you did look forward don't look back but i think every now and then it's actually really good to be able to sort of you know re-reset to look back and be like hey I almost forgot about that really cool thing that I did. I am proud of that. And I'm going to I'm going to, you know, log that in my head for the next thing that I do. Um I mean a, a big part obviously as I've been talking about a little bit lately has been the 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 way of the blade uh, book looking back at that original one as we approach uh, the the new um AEW edition uh, which I I believe should be being released in the next little while uh, I'll, I'll obviously keep you all um on the up and up with that but uh, yeah sort of I've, I've continued this thing along where i am um you know releasing a, a another illustration another favorite illustration that i've had um each each week as we as we go along to approaching the new book and and man um <laughs> it it's actually been a really cool process because it, again like you're having people react to this thing that i did years ago you know i i did these illustrations for the book release i think back in like 2020 is when i would have done a lot of these uh, illustrations so you know it's it's been a really cool process and sort of getting back to what i was saying earlier of being able to look back to reflect but then not only just me looking at it actually getting to see the reactions of like 
a whole bunch of, of different people who've also, you know, you guys have been so uh, complimentary of, uh, of every one of these that I've been dropping, um, and, and I really, really appreciate the kind words. Um, this latest match uh, that I got up to was a, a Lucha Underground bout. And I, I don't know how many of y'all are um, that familiar with Lucha Underground, but I remember loving this company. Um, it was like a Robert Rodriguez um, project uh, that somehow mashed up the world of professional wrestling and, and Lucha Libre with like a like a planet terror <laughs> dust before dawn kind of like vibe this like dusty venue known as the temple it's basically like an underground Lucha Libre fight club so so great <laughs> and um the i i just loved everything about this again that the tone the retro feel the um every time the dudes would like hit the mat they like i don't know what they added to this mat to give it this like old dusty kind of like feel but you could see like the dust like rising up into the the light it was it was just beautiful so wonderfully shot um, just I loved it, but then the the matches as well. You know, outside of everyone always puts over the the, the great storytelling and the the vignettes and everything like that, but the actual wrestling was so badass, and I think opened up a lot of people's eyes to how great a lot of the you know, then current um, lucha libre, like contemporary lucha libre talent was. A lot of them from um, AAA at the time. Uh, you know, dudes like um, like Pentagon Junior, like Ray Phoenix, um, you know, like uh, even like Jack Evans and Helico, um, but a dude like Milmuertes, who, you know, I was a big fan of uh, of that dudes back to his days as uh, as Ricky Banderas or Macias uh, from his his rad feud with uh, with Vampiro back in the day in uh, in AAA, but you know I felt like a lot of people might have forgotten about him. But this match, this grave consequences casket match, just. Oh my gosh, I legit think this is the greatest casket match of all time. The idea that a dude gets put in a coffin and then he actually is dead in their storyline canon. Amazing. Uh, but this is just the most oh, tremendous, tremendous match. Just a bloody uh, David versus Goliath uh, brawl um just in all the best ways. I, I really miss Lucha Underground. Um, but yeah, you can check out that uh, illustration and the rest at christhings.com.au if you'd like to purchase a Prinsky. Celebrate your love for Lucha Underground. You know, like I feel that love. But I think that's that's about it for my Chris Things uh, monologue of the week. I think it's time for us to talk some Yuji Nagata versus Brian Danielson. All right, let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I 
have a returning special guest on the line, Cousin Ben. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Christopher. Good to be back. You're Good to be very back. welcome. Uh, so this this is one where we're not uh, talking about all Japan, sadly. <laughs> very true, very true. But still, a, but still a good match. Yes, indeed, indeed. You've, you've sort of become our unofficial All Japan correspondent. But, I mean, in some other ways, you kind of like that dude for, for AEW, for me anyway, really. You're uh, you're generally keeping me on my toes, letting me know what, what's good going on in the world of uh, for All Elite Wrestling. Very true. There, There is a bit more now than there has been in the past. Yeah, I feel like they're, they're finally doing some uh, really good, consistent stuff, which I'm pretty stoked about. And most of all, the fact that, like, I don't, like, I think I've said to you before, I love that at his core, I think Tony Khan is like a weird wrestling nerd like us. So, 100%. <laughs> you know, it's like really cool to see him like booking these insane, like, fire pro wrestling matches like Danielson and Nagata or, or like uh, uh, Danielson and uh, and Ray Hechicero uh, most recently. Oh, 100%. It's it's like a, a, the fairytale swan song to Danielson being a full-time wrestler and TK's making every possible match happen. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I like the... Dave Meltzer's and the Brian Alvarez's don't necessarily seem as uh, it's like why are they booking it's like well it's pretty simple the matches are going to be great well actually that's more Brian but yeah I was gonna say is that is this sort of specific to to um, any matches in particular oh, it's it's more like the the Danielson v Nagata I think it was like or was it the Sorry, one of them was like they didn't sort of see the point of it right but then it's like well if you watched a bit more and you see it looks like BCC might be going to or in Mexico, it's sort of it's like, well, just a little tease yeah. of what is to come. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, this this may be something to speak about in future weeks, more on the Hechicero front, but at least relating to uh, Yuji Nagata, I mean, that's a big part of why I thought you'd be perfect to have on mm. uh, because, you know, I am a, a massive Yuji Nagata fan, you know, going back to, I, I still tell everyone I think he's the greatest IWGP heavyweight champion of all time. Um, but it seems like less and less these days that people know the greatness of Yuji Nagata. No, they sort of seem to forget how good he was and how good he still is when it comes down to it. It's like there's no one these days besides maybe Suzuki at his age that can pump out a 15-minute match with the key features the same, but it gets over the crowd every single time. Man, I, I love it so much. It's just a swan song of seeing the bits of greatness and still how how smooth he is in the ring. And it was like the perfect thing is like when Eddie Kingston's on commentary, just purely marking out to Nagata throughout the entire 15, 16 minute match. It was like, it was so good to see. It just it gave that little extra to it as well. It just warms my heart. Hey, mm. I mean, I, I'm very partial to that whole uh, New Japan third generation, uh, you know, like from Nagata to, uh, you know, Kojima, who's mm. also doing really rad stuff at the moment and has been for the last two years. And also my boys Tenzan and uh, Nakanishi. Oh, 100%. Like, you sort of forget what, Kojima could do because of like those last two or three years where he was just doing New Japan, where he was just getting beaten, job in each week, putting guys over, 
then when they actually it started with that no run, then doing a few of the MLW and then also a little all Japan run, it's like seeing how good he actually is when he's actually put in a position to actually have a decent match, not just getting jobbed out and quick fashion oh absolutely not just working meaningless tags but i mean you could mm. you could say the exact same thing for nagata now right like a dude oh. who for the longest time in new japan uh was was not put in a spotlight position despite the fact that he can still bloody go anytime he's he's got that spotlight put on him um and then we've seen just a fantastic run uh in you know uh, you know, Noah back in the day, but more recently in all Japan with that great Triple Crown Championship run, and then now in AEW, and and as well, he's another dude that's popped up in MLW. Mm. No, it's definitely good to see him actually getting out there and still just putting out little bangers. It's always not, it's always nice to see, oh. not just staying at home doing those eight man, multi man, pointless matches in New Japan. Yeah, yeah, so good. And I think this match in particular, this uh, this Danielson dream match, um, I think uh, a big part of the appeal of it to me was that, like, so this is taking place in Louisiana, I think, in front of yeah. not the biggest crowd. Yeah. Just uh, probably in, like 2,500, I think they said, maybe. Oh, if that, um, yeah. of... Uh, Cajuns who I have I, I don't want to cast aspersions here but I have a feeling most of these people are probably not the most familiar with uh, Yuji Nagata you know what I mean oh, I tend to agree there I tend to agree there but then that is to me the biggest compliment of this match right that you have a dude like Nagata that, that we you know appreciate and love so much but the fact that um, that he won over this crowd, got him going to such a degree, and I think that's both a compliment, obviously, to Nagata, um, but also to Danielson, you know? Oh, 100%. But it was just almost instantaneously, from once the match started, they were over and the crowd was hot for the entire match. It was just... Uh, it may have helped a little with the Danielson cutting off Eddie Kingston for his celebration of the win, which I found was fucking hilarious. <laughs> playing his music, just chopping it off, and then coming down, it may have got the credit going, but it, uh, it played in and they just didn't lose it the, the entire match. It just went from – it had that nice little place where they were feeling each other out at the start and then just started to accelerate and was just fucking good to watch. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And, I mean, there's one something I want to say for AEW fans. In a lot of ways, I think they kind of um, remind me a bit of, like, WCW fans from back in the day. Uh, very unlike, you know, your WWF, WWE kind of fans who are like, hey, if if we don't know this guy based off his entrance or him getting, like, so many minutes on the mic or being in some convoluted storyline, we could give a fuck. You know, oh, the thing about WCW so fans and, and AEW fans, I feel it's a big compliment, is they just like great professional wrestling. Oh, I think the perfect example is at the Royal Rumble when there's like 25 songs that are basically the same. Nobody <laughs> knew who the fuck was coming out of the ring. <laughs> and it's like the crowd was dead for half the entrances because they had no idea who the hell was coming out. Except yeah. for like your, your big names where you got your, your Cody song or Punk song. It's like the others is like you couldn't pick them out of a fucking lineup. They were that similar and yeah. generic. 
And that's kind of funny. You think about like just how reliant they are on that that entrance pop and the, the big mm. entrance thing that they're accustomed to watching on mm. TV every week. It's so far removed from the actual wrestling element of it. It's like you're basically paying to see an entrance. <laughs> it's weird. Especially for the Rumble, that is the one type of thing. It's like the biggest thing of it. It's not what happens in the ring. It's the surprises that people enter. enter. But yeah. if you don't know them, it's like, well, there's literally no pop because they cannot distinguish them apart. Yeah, uh, but I mean, yeah, this, this, and the other thing I think that really made this match in terms of getting the crowd into it was like, it was the fire. I think that to mm. me is my favorite thing of this whole match because, like, you know, moves are moves and everything like that, mm. but it was those moments of like Nagata like firing up that I think made it for me, you mm. know? No. It- I definitely loved that match. It was just it was a perfectly worked match by both guys. They had their game plans. Nagata worked the left arm at Danielson. Danielson worked Nagata's base. And then the, the part that I just saw the most winner is coming in that cracker of the kicking exchange in the end. Oh, so good. That the, the kick Danielson laid to Nagata's head. Beautiful. Oh, then so the, good. Then Nagata laid a great enziguri, but actually targeted and hit the left arm. Mm-hmm. So it's just like that kind of detail. It's like you appreciate when you watch it. Oh, man, yeah. those little details I think were so great. Like the actual like really smart wrestling. This is a match that you can go back and rewatch. And again, you notice that more little things. And again, like that, that expert, like limb work and the keeping on coming back to the knee of, uh, of Nagata. Um, man, I just thought like the more you carefully look at this, the more you just like, this is such smart wrestling and I'm bloody here for it. Oh, hundred percent. Especially, it was the second time around. I've noticed a lot more detail, mm-hmm. where I took took a bit more time, watched through it, and then noticed how good the commentary was. Also, at pointing out the specifics of the match, mm-hmm. where like Nigel just makes a, a key thing. Besides giving shit to Danielson through the entire match, he <laughs> makes <laughs> makes a note of certain things. And Kevin Kelly's another one. They're very good at getting those kind of details across, so you actually start to picture and see how good these guys are even more than just what you're seeing yeah the and at the end of the day, that is that is the job of a good commentator mm. you know and i yeah hats off to especially uh nigel and um and kevin kelly i, I think they're a fantastic team 100 I, I like shivani definitely adds something but i've i was never disappointed when kevin kelly and nigel were working together and then to top it off the special the special love that Eddie showed throughout the match. It was oh. just, it just highlighted how much you could tell, how much he loves professional wrestling and then how much he loves Nagata. And well, it's pretty obvious since he does Nagata's Exploder and marked it out to the perfection of it mm-hmm. during the match and said, Hey, really hey is, it, is it Nagata's Exploder that he does or Akiyama's? Oh, yeah, Akiyama's. But <laughs> Nagata does it to perfection. Yes. Oh, the exploders in this match, man, so good. But yeah, I I think it's quite heartwarming, like just seeing that authentic love that Eddie shows on on commentary. Like you can tell, he's just like, just privileged and like popping just to be there that close to actually, you know, see a match like this, which I think is so cool. 
Oh, 100%. It's just like when Nigel refers to him as like a a tape trader back in the day and that kind of stuff, it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it just sort of more the reason why you love him even more because of how much he loves it and how much it is his life. It's just, it was just that added little thing that just made it a little bit more special as well. Yeah, for sure. I I wonder with this match um, how much of my love for it was a bit, um, you know, a bit, uh, wait, the opposite of impartial. Partial? (laughs) Partial, is that a thing? (laughs) Or or biased. (laughs) Biased, that's the word I'm looking for here. But you know what I mean? Because of my my deep-felt, like, deep-seated love for, for both of these dudes. But, I mean, I, I don't think that's true because, like, exactly what we're saying about this crowd, right? Yeah. It's like that's the kind of small crowd, not necessarily from I know of a big wrestling market. If you're getting a guy in his, I think it was mid-50s, 55, 56, from Japan that most of those people have never really seen before, and you get Danielson, and they get the crowd pretty much instantaneously from the way they're working, working to start the match, it's like, that has to be. It has to say something. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And uh, those uh, every single time he did his like, fuck you, like, <laughs> like the crowd got so into it, and I got into it, and that was the exact reason why. Like when they had that bit on the turnbuckle, um, you know, w- with that that fire up where uh, I think uh, Nagata's sort of trying to get him for the exploder. Um, yep. And Danielson's like on top, like, and then there's a bit where Nagata does his big, like, like, big, like, and then Danielson, like, has this, like, wide eyed, like, oh, fuck, just like selling it so perfectly. That was, that was the reason that was the moment for me for the, for the art. I can, I can understand that. It was, it was pretty impressive. And it just, it shows the appreciation Danielson has, which just, for Nagata and the history and the talent, it's just it's just one of the reasons why you love him because of those kind of things, putting over a, a great of Nagata, but not necessarily in the American market known as well, giving him so much and just bringing out the best in him. It just it was just perfection for for what it was. Absolutely. And yeah. that's the exact kind of stuff that, that brings like the emotion into a match like mm. this, takes it away from being just like moves and makes people be like, oh, you know, just gets yeah. you in that next level. I yeah. just thought this was so great. It was it was easily the best thing I watched all week. Oh, like, it's hard to describe it there because it just takes it from being following a script to telling a story. Mm. For me. Just the way they went about it and just shows those are things you can't really teach. For me, it's like you either you have it or you don't. You have that capability to read the situation and do what's do what's needed to take it to the next level. And like and those the instincts, guys, you know, that's yeah. the biggest thing to me. It's like at the end of the day, it's those split-second instincts of how you react to a moment, how you sell something, how you, you know, put something over, like... Man, so both of these guys, some some of the best instincts you'll ever see in a professional wrestler. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then it was it was this, just this the simple, the psycho knee for the one two three pin. And it was so good because wasn't it just mm. before that he like went back to the knee to like that, 
that cut was left, fun. bring that back, mm. tie that into the mm. finish, take advantage of the situation. So perfect. And it's the one thing I think Danielson does better than Mo or pretty much everyone is the timing. Those those finer little details. It's like you you sort of know what he's gonna do, but it's not because it's just because it flows perfectly. There's there's no misstep. There's no I'm in the wrong position. He just goes with it, and you know he's gonna make it look fucking good. Yeah, and another thing I want to put over for um, for Danielson is the fact that he's done such a great job of building up multiple finishes, which I think is such a such an art of like a, a great and a sign of a great wrestler. The fact that it's not so two dimensional dimensional that like, oh he hasn't hit the bloody people's whatever the fuck. So, you know, there's no way the match is going to end. No, he's done such a great job to teach you that he can win in an off of the Pasaku knee, uh, off of the the cattle mutilation, uh, off of the label lock, um, off of, like, a, a, a big kick out of nowhere. You know, I think it's so great. He's, he's perfected it where you, you don't necessarily see it always coming, where... That's where I find a, a guy like him is unpredictable and it makes him that much better where there's there's other guys who have that set formula. You know it's going to be one move followed by the next, finish within it, and that's a one, two, three every single time. And it's like, like I can get the point of the crowd pops and they know what's going to happen, but it's nice when they don't necessarily know and you get that little bit of surprise pop. Yeah. Me anyway. I mean, you can still tease stuff. You can still mm. do something else and then you do it as a near fall. I just think it's just such a great tool to keep, like you're saying, the crowd mm. on the edge of their seat, mm. knowing that it's not like, oh, yep, this is just going to mm. be a near fall or whatever. Um, but, I mean, not many people can, can mm. quite pull that off. And, again, hats off to, to Danielson as being one of the best mm. ever to, to mm. be able to. Well, that's why I'm also looking forward to his match with... CSJ, isn't that like in a week or something? Who, sorry? I swear, I swear he's going oh, to... Oh, Zach Sabre Jr. in Osaka, right. I yeah. just saw that today, actually. Yeah. So it's like, well, that's going to be another one that's this, the same kind of thing. Both of them have multiple finishes, finish different ways. It's just going to be definitely looking forward to that. He's, uh, this final run is going to be one to watch. Oh, my gosh, man. I'm, I'm honestly a little bit nervous going into that Zach Sabre Jr. rematch because, like... <laughs> the absolute perfection that was their previous match. Mm. Like, you, the fucking expectations are going to be through the roof. Like, how oh. is that in any way going to have a chance to, to be? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but shit. I don't know how you can possibly top that last one. Well, that's the thing. Is like he's doing this match week after week. He's pumping out these matches. It's like most guys can't do in their career, and he's just doing one after the other. So it's like, and it's it's just leading in. It's like he's still got another six months to go. It's like I'm just cut. I'm just intrigued how many of these bangers he's going to pop out, and how many of these are uh, like the the Hechicero. It's like how many of these kind of matches is TK going to book in the preceding six months for him to fit in? Man, yeah, uh, I uh, I think I told you the one I'm the most excited yeah. for, being a massive. Blue Panther fan mm. and Blue Panther still being my favorite luchador mm. of all time of us finally getting that hair versus hair match in Arena Mexico. We need it. 
I can't disagree with you, but I reckon there's definitely going to be an Arena Mexico match by the, the sound of it, like at least a, a BCC one. Hopefully the Blue Panther one. It's not like it's a surprise to anyone that how much Danielson wants that match. So Yeah, and I think he'll be able to pull it off. I mean, obviously Blue Panther is just getting a bit up there in age, but I think the dynamic of Danielson being this ruthless asshole killer uh, Panther just you have so much like sympathy he like plays it so well every time I see him to this day in Arena Mexico just like looking like he's sort of an old man and he can't quite do it but then he doesn't even surprises himself and then bringing out that Yave um, maestro uh, you know technical kind of dream match stuff I'm, I'm so stoked for it man if there's one person out there who can do it it's definitely Danielson to make that match a cracker Yep, for sure. Uh, All can... right, man. I know that uh, you uh, you're in a, a bit of a hurry. You have a, a daughter to to go look after. Yes, yes, very true, very true. I've got to go pick up the little princess, <laughs> and right. hopefully she's in a good mood after being with her grandparents. Oh, well, nice, nice. Well, say say hello to her for me. Will do. Sorry, I had to make this one a little short. No, no, that's okay. I think it's good to keep it nice and snappy every now and mm. then. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Anytime, Christopher. Anytime. Thank you very much. I'll uh, catch you later. Cheers. Thanks, man. I'll see you next time. See you then. Bye. Bye. All right. There we go. Uh, So... Thank you very much for for Ben for coming on the show. They're a little bit shorter than uh, than and sometimes in the past, but I think that's a good good thing. You know, we can we can keep you guys on your toes as well. But uh, I, I definitely do not in any sense uh, want to give the idea that uh, that this match uh, was was not uh, worth going completely in depth for. Again, I loved every moment of it. Uh, maybe not the most impartial dude in the world, but I just just thought it was like wrestling perfection. Um, and if you if you watch this and you're like, oh, I don't don't know if I get the hype on Nagata, do yourself a favor, go back and watch some of his uh, his amazing defenses as uh, the the greatest IWGP Heavyweight Champion that there ever was. Uh, watch him have a, an incredible match with Josh Barnett in uh, Barnett's first ever foray into professional wrestling. Maybe the first professional wrestling match for someone, like the greatest one of those of all time. I don't know. Uh, you know, watch his uh, awesome match with uh, Masato Tanaka uh, back from the New Japan Zero One feud from back in the day. Uh, he had another absolute cracker of one with uh, with Otani uh, from from during that that interpromotional feud as well. I'd highly recommend. But man, all of the love for Yuji Nagata, uh, but all the love to to you as well. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for for tuning in again. I certainly appreciate it. Big thanks uh, to Social Suplex for allowing me to do this thing, uh, keeping the lights on. Um, you know, you can check out socialsuplex.com. There's a variety of other rad wrestling podcasts on there for you to, to check out as well. Um, but uh, if you dig this show, if you enjoy it, if you like the the wrestling art with uh, with Chris things, tell, tell a friend. If you've got a... a friend who you think this weirdly specific and extremely niche podcast would 
then get into it please do do me a favor let them know uh if you if you feel like doing a, a little review ski for me on the the itunes that'd be pretty rad too uh you can even do uh, donations on there but uh enough about that uh you can uh, keep up with with this show in the future for new episodes coming out at Chris Things, both on the Twitter and on the Instagram. On the Instagram side of it, you'll also get a variety of my all my wrestling art stuff and and even other art stuff. Sometimes I do make art that's not of the wrestling variety, but check all of that out. ChrisThings.com.au is where you can even purchase some of those uh, fancy art prints uh, of these uh, these illustrations and artworks if you dig them that much I even have some originals on there as well uh, but yeah I think that's about it uh, thank you again for listening and um, I, uh, I think in the near future we're due for another of our artist interviews so stay tuned for that All right. Well, thanks, guys, and I will see you next week. Bye.